Old X, Codex Tyranids, 4th edition, The Great Devourer, written by Phil Kelly and Andy Chambers, with additional text by Andy Hoare and Graham McNeil, pages 4 and 5, narrated by R.J. Bailey, with great thanks to Alistair for donating this copy of Codex Tyranids. We must scour them from the stars before they do the same to us. Chaplain Cassius of the Ultramarines Tyranids travel the galaxies and the voids between them in vast, drifting hive fleets. These consist of millions of sentient craft, each in turn home to untold numbers of monstrosities evolved from the bubbling geno-organs of their mucus-slicked reproductive chambers. All these creatures are born to serve the single entity that is the ship, and the ship, in turn, exists only to serve the hive fleets. In this way, the Tyranid race thinks, perceives, and acts as one great whole, allowing it an unparalleled level of command over its constituent parts. From the tendril-like shoals of the hive fleets to the tiniest feeder organisms, every Tyranid is bound to the implacable will of the hive mind. As it is an inefficient use of resources to evolve large and complex brains for each and every warrior beast, the smaller creatures are simply controlled by the will of the purpose-grown leader beasts. They function in perfect unison, coordinated by powerful psychic imperatives transmitted by a communal sentience. Should the influence of the larger Tyranid organisms be removed, the lesser Tyranid creatures will revert to animalistic behavior, a fact that their enemy have learned at a great cost in lives. For this reason, the Tyranid fleets, hordes and broods do not have a single commander, but a synaptic web of psychic influence as extensive as it is powerful. All the organisms that can channel the commands of the hive mind are potent psychers, and communicate with their brethren not by language, but by a kind of instinctive telepathy. That such a concentration of psychers can exist without drawing clouds of the demons of chaos into the material universe is testament either to the potency of the Tyranid's psychic abilities or the cold voids in place of their souls. The Tyranids do not build their starships and weapons from metal and plastic, but use gene splicing and bioengineering to grow them from the living organic material harvested from the worlds they have devoured. Every bioweapon, gland and projectile used in their armies is a Tyranid organism in its own right, from the spores polluting the atmosphere of their prey planets to the grotesque spires that burst from the tortured earth during an invasion. To fight the Tyranids is to fight an all-encompassing tide of alien life forms, from the microscopic to the colossal, each one deadly in its own way. The highest forms of Tyranids, the dread dominatrixes and space-dwelling Norn queens, are living biofactories that constantly give birth to an unending stream of warriors, hive ships, and weapon organisms. At war, these warriors form a ferocious avalanche of scything blades and serrated fangs.
The sheer destructive potential posed by such a monstrous force is daunting enough, but the Tyranids pose more of a threat than just the physical. To witness a Tyranid invasion is to look upon a vision of utter destruction, and many would-be defenders take their own lives or are driven insane by the sheer scale of the carnage around them. As the invasion begins, the skies turn red as the air chokes with poisonous tyranid spores, then blacken as clouds of winged vanguard organisms descend to sow terror and confusion. Creeping gene-stealers burst from their hiding places, destroying the command sections of the enemy whilst lictors stalk the shadows, preying on the unwary and feasting on their brains with their feeder tendrils so they may transmit knowledge of the foe's weaknesses to their ravenous kin. Mycetic spores rain down from the skies by the thousand, breaking open upon impact like grotesque, gory flowers to disgorge whole broods of warrior organisms that flow together into a great flood. Within days of the first spores thickening the atmosphere, the prey planet's surface boils with tyranid life-forms. So thorough is the seeding of microscopic alien spores across the planet that even the native flora is perverted and eventually consumed by the invasion. Its growth is accelerated tenfold, the better for the invaders to harvest its biomass when the slaughter of the planet's defenders is complete. Toward the latter stages of invasion, swarms of voracious rippers consume everything in their path, before immersing their bloated forms in acidic digestion pools. Once broken down, the captured biomass is funneled back to the bioships through vast capillary towers. In the pulsing depths of the hive ships, great geno-organs bubble and spit as new tyranids are created from the bodies of the planet's defenders and the life-forms of their once populous world. Even before an invasion begins, a planet's defenders must win a battle with despair, for each hive fleet has a smothering psychic signature known as the Shadow in the Warp, making it virtually impossible for astropathic messengers to send a request for help. Thus does the hive fleet isolate and destroy every world in its path. Unrelenting and unstoppable, the Tyranid race represents the eventual doom of both mankind and the alien races who inhabit the known galaxy. The Tyranids are without doubt the most rapidly evolving creatures in the galaxy. The Magos biologists of Mars have observed developmental DNA leaps between broods originating from different hive fleets that would take other beasts millions of years to achieve. It appears that the Tyranid Norn queens, or primogenitor organisms aboard the hive ships, are capable of modifying their progeny in response to the environment and life forms they encounter. Newly harvested genetic codes are assimilated, the prey's defensive measures are examined, and improved creatures are bioengineered to overcome that resistance. Over time, the myriad improvements to the hive fleet's gene pool are melded with others, strengthening the entire race. A case in point is to observe the degree of integration of the Tyranids' symbiote weapons. 
At first, these were relatively crude and were carried and employed, however distastefully, by the creatures that used them like a gun or a sword. In later encounters, Tyranids have exhibited, more and more frequently, weaponry meshed directly into the creatures carrying them. Now it has become impossible to tell where the Tyranid warrior ends and its weapon symbiotes begin. I think we can be assured that the Norn Queens will continue to work tirelessly towards forms more and more perfectly adapted for killing the inhabitants of this galaxy, just as they have in others before ours. Simply put, over the coming centuries, we may be out-evolved to the point of extinction. Magos Biologis, Elder Garrick You have been listening to Oldex, Codex Tyranids, 4th edition, The Great Devourer, written by Phil Kelly and Andy Chambers, with additional text by Andy Hoare and Graham McNeil, pages 4 and 5, narrated by R.J. Bailey. With great thanks to Alistair for donating this copy of Codex Tyranids. Thank you to Phil Kelly, Andy Chambers, Andy Hoare, and Graham McNeil for writing the fiction I grew up with. If you've enjoyed this, please leave a review where you found it, or like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, depending how you're listening. This production, like all of Oldex, is entirely unofficial and uncommercial, from an out-of-print publication, is a derivative work with all copyrights owned by Games Workshop, and is a celebration of the hobby and lore I grew up with. If you have suggestions for other old Codex fiction for me to narrate on this podcast, you can comment, contact me on Twitter, not in this house we're not, at rjbailey, or email robertjbailey at gmail.com. Links are in the show description.